A woman living alone was found dead in her home with no obvious cause of death. Circumstances indicate a homicide, but the case has remained unsolved for more than eight years. I'm Charlie and welcome to Crime Lines. Welcome to the first day of 12 Days of Crime Lines, 12 daily mini-episodes as a thank you to my listeners for the full year of support. If you have been around since last year, you know that these are cases that tend to not have a lot of information, and I can't necessarily make a 45-minute podcast episode out of them. But I never want to not cover something because of the lack of information because the cases with the lack of information are also often unsolved. So the 12 Days of Crime Lines also lets me use those stored up topics and cover them in these daily episodes. I do want to thank Annie for her research help on this one. This was one of the early cases she had researched for me for the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women episodes back in 2020. But I have since learned that the victim did not have any Indigenous ancestry and she had been placed on an MMIW list erroneously. But it is an unsolved case that needs more eyes on it because there appears to be no motive, and even the cause of death is a question mark. But surely someone out there knows something. This case is about Danette Webb, who graduated from high school in Pennsylvania and met her husband Steve when she called into the radio station where he was a DJ and she requested a song. The two realized that they shared the same last name already, which I guess made things easy when they got married. Though the marriage would only last a few years, Steve remembered Danette as the most empathetic person he had ever met. Danette was known both as a free spirit, but also a very grounded intellectual person. She completed her master's degree in psychology and moved to North Carolina to work with inmates. She later moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she got a job with the state working with developmentally disabled clients. In addition to her paid job, she also volunteered with Noonday Ministries, providing meals to the unhoused in Albuquerque. Not a lot of Danette's friends in Albuquerque knew much about her background or really the parts of her life that they weren't involved in. One friend described Danette as living a compartmentalized life. While there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, and being a private person is certainly not unusual, in a case where someone is killed and the police want to look at those who know her, well, it can be a little limiting. We do know that Danette got remarried in 1996 to Suzanne Hagler, who she had been dating for about two years at that point. Due to the laws at the time prohibiting same-sex marriage, this was a ceremonial commitment service in a park and not something legally registered. After 11 years of marriage and 13 years together, Danette and Suzanne separated in 2007. Though they were no longer romantically involved, they did remain very close friends. As far as Suzanne and any of Danette's other friends could tell, She really didn't date much after this separation. She focused on her work, both paid and volunteer, and her two dogs. Danette was very active. She spent a lot of time doing things that brought her peace. 
She didn't own a television, and she would ignore depressing news stories because she found them too sad. She worked literally every day with vulnerable populations. Coming home and surrounding herself with negativity just wasn't something she wanted to do. So Danette certainly wouldn't be listening to a true crime podcast. But hopefully someone who does know something is listening and can bring answers to what happened next. What we know is that on Friday, June 27th, 2014, Danette left work to head home. She had made plans with her friend Debbie for Saturday, but then they ended up canceling them because Debbie wasn't feeling up to it due to a back injury. But Debbie still texted Danette over the weekend like usual, but never got a response. Debbie finally sent a text asking if Danette was angry with her for some reason, since it wasn't like her to just ignore people. It turned out that no one had heard from Danette all weekend. On Monday, June 30th, Danette didn't show up for work, and a coworker called the police out to do a welfare check on her. From the outside of the house, there was already a sign that things weren't necessarily okay. They found a screen removed from a window, and that window led into a bedroom. After entering the house under that same bedroom window, the police found 53-year-old Danette Webb's body. She had died over the weekend, and due to the state of the body, it was believed she died late on Friday or early on Saturday. There was no obvious cause of death. While there was a substance that a friend later said looked like blood on the floor, the police said it was actually fluid. Though the investigators could not tell her cause of death at the scene, they did believe this was a homicide because Danette was found nude, bound at the hands and ankles, and had duct tape over her mouth. There were also signs of a struggle in the home, particularly in the kitchen. A planter was overturned and a mirror was turned around. Danette's two dogs were in the house, but someone had locked them in a different room. Animal control came to take them and treat them for the weekend of neglect. Knowing how much Danette loved her dogs, friends and neighbors worked really hard to try to find them home so they didn't spend too much time in the shelter. Though the police responding to the scene couldn't determine the cause of death, they were really hopeful that Emmy would have more answers for them. But unfortunately, he didn't. The autopsy did show signs of an assault. Danette had scrapes and cuts, along with two broken ribs. However, none of these would have been fatal. It was possible she had been strangled. There were no obvious signs, but neck trauma can be obscured after a few days of decomposition. Another possibility was asphyxiation. There was just not enough evidence to determine it for sure. Without a cause of death, the Emmy's office decided they couldn't rule on manner of death either. So the Emmy classified the cause of death and manner of death as undetermined. The Albuquerque police, however, decided to investigate this as a homicide due to the totality of the circumstances. 
which I think makes a lot of sense figuring Danette was found bound and gagged with duct tape. It seems unlikely the manner was accident, suicide, or natural. Unless maybe Danette had a heart attack while she was being attacked. It looked on the whole like a third party was involved here. The investigators on this case have been incredibly tight-lipped. Pretty much all we know came from people coming forward to the media, like Danette's next-door neighbor, Evelyn. In the days leading up to Danette's death, she didn't hear or see anything strange. She said that if there had been someone coming or going or creeping around, that person would have set off her dogs and Danette's dogs. One night over the weekend, she did hear what she thought was a scream, but her husband, who also heard it, thought it was just a cat howling, so they ignored it. Other information given through Danette's friends to the media do give us a few more details, but it's not clear how these pieces fit. One thing was that Danette's furnace had been tampered with in some way. It's not clear what that means or why it was messed with, because it wasn't like gases were spilling out. The police also found a significant amount of cash in a lockbox, $3,000, and it was untouched. However, it was hidden in the freezer, so it's possible Danette's killer didn't even know it was there. That said, Danette's purse with $200 in cash and credit cards in it was also not touched so robbery was clearly not the motive. According to these friends, the police told them they do have a male DNA profile that they believe belongs to Danette's killer. The police would not confirm this, and they would not say where the DNA, should it even exist, was found. Other than this, we don't know about other witnesses, suspects, person of interest, or clues because the Albuquerque police have released next to nothing about this case. In 2015, the Albuquerque Journal planned to run a story on this as they were coming up on the one-year anniversary. They asked the police for a statement or any information on the state of the investigation. The Albuquerque police asked the journal to hold the story because they would have a detective available for an interview later. They expected developments in the case in the very near future. Thinking there would be more information to publish in a week or two, the paper decided to wait on the article. But then the information, the new developments, and the promised interview with the detective never materialized. So the paper went ahead and ran the story towards the end of July. Danette's friends have done a great job trying to keep this in the media every year or so with this anniversary coverage. They have been amazing advocates. Pretty much anything we know about this case is because they have pushed for that coverage. The most recent update is from 2021 when the Albuquerque police told KRQE News that they had a lead but they anticipated it would take several months before they knew if it panned out. One of Danette's friends, Debbie, said that the police had been telling her that same thing for two years. If you know anything about the mysterious death of Danette Webb, it's time to come forward. You can give a confidential tip to Crime Stoppers at 
543-STOP. That's 505-843-STOP. Or on their website, crimestoppersnm.com. This information will be in the description box. 